off. Welcome on into the Superintendent Radio Network and Off the Course, the podcast where superintendents, directors, and other turf heads talk about literally anything that is not their job. I'm Matt Lowell, managing editor of Golf Course Industry Magazine and the host of Off the Course. Great conversation in just a couple minutes with Jason Gross, superintendent at Lasita Country Club in Titusville, Florida, right by Kennedy Space Center. I met Jason in January during a day trip to the course, right in the middle of the golf industry show. We spent hours together, pretty much an entire afternoon, uh, along with the club's director of golf, Brent Craddock, and the coordinator of everything, not his official title, Justin Bells. Their story is in our May issue, uh, which will be online shortly and will be in your mailboxes right after that. It's the third in a really fun series about revived courses. But it could have been two or three times as long because there was so much great stuff there, including Jason's six-year sabbatical from the maintenance industry, and that's what we talk about in this podcast. Jason worked almost nine years at two other Central Florida courses, Walkabout Golf Club, which is now Indian River Preserve Golf Club in MIMS, and the preserve at Turnbull Bay before an unplanned break from the industry. He quickly dived into teaching yoga with his girlfriend, Lisa, who already operated a studio in the area, and he spent loads more time searching for waves. That's a lifelong passion dating back about 35 years. Uh, There's a lot in this one. I hope you spend some time with it. I really love talking with Jason. Before we get into that conversation, our thanks to AquaAid Solutions, the sponsor of Off the Course, and a leader in innovative solutions for 36 years which is almost as long as Jason Gross has been surfing. AquaAid Solutions' desire to lead and innovate for turf managers continues with their current research collaboration with Dr. Jim Brosnan of University of Tennessee and Phenotype Screen Corporation. Through this collaboration utilizing X-ray technology, turf managers like you are provided a definitive look into how worm-powered turf provides a more robust root system that has more mass and deeper roots than a plant not exposed to the product. Visit, I love this website, IWantDeepRoots.com. IWantDeepRoots.com, the letter I, WantDeepRoots.com, to see the groundbreaking research and the value that Worm Power Turf brings to your agronomic program. On to the next episode of Off the Course with Jason Gross from Lasita Country Club, in Titusville, Florida. Jason, welcome to Off the Course and the Superintendent Radio Network. Before we get into your years of yoga and your lifetime of surfing, you've been back in the industry for about two years at Lasita Country Club um, in Titusville, Florida, just outside the Kennedy Space Center. And I'm curious because I wrote a story last year about folks who left the industry and then were just pulled back. What was it after six years of teaching yoga and searching for waves that pulled you back into the golf maintenance industry? That's a good question. Uh <laughs> A lot of people said I was crazy <laughs> getting back into the industry. Um, a lot of it was 
the 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 love that I had for golf, you know, was always in the back of my mind when I was teaching yoga and surfing. And um, I think after walking away, you know, after Turnbull Bay or the preserve of Turnbull Bay, you know, I had about what six years to um, just be away, take a break, and then you know, like towards the end of our last studio yoga studio, I just kind of felt like, you know, it's time to get back on the course. I, I played a couple of rounds of golf with uh, some of our yoga members and, you know, and then people just started talking to me a lot about golf. And I think it just started turning the gears sort of, you know, speak. And then, um, and then I just started saying to uh, my girlfriend, I was like, you know what, I think it might be time for me to maybe go back and do this one more time. So I just kind of started looking around, you know, and, um, just kind of, I didn't really have to go back into the business. So I kind of took my time and, you know, looked at different golf courses and different situations. And, um, you know, like you can, you can go to a golf course that is kind of on cruise control. I guess you could say, I mean, no golf course is really ever on cruise control because there's every, every day something's changing, um, or happening, you know, so, but you can pick and choose your situation. So I, I've always, you know, at Turnbull, when I got back there, um, that that golf course was, you know, it was in shambles. It was it was needing renos. It was needing some uh, some guidance. So that kind of that is like right up my alley. So that's how I kind of ended up at Lasita. Um, Lasita was a prominent golf course back in the 80s and 90s here, at, you know, the, on the Space Coast. And then um, I think just over the years, you know, the golf industry just kind of kind of took a beating. And then, you know, after the shuttle program and the space program here kind of diminished, so did the members and, you know, the club started going down, you know, downhill. So that's kind of how I ended up here. They, they needed uh, a superintendent to come in and, you know, give some guidance and start to turn this thing around. And um, I happened to know the director of golf from uh, Walkabout Golf Club. Um, right, Brant Craddock. So Brant Craddock, yeah. So Brant and I go back to when now it's the preserve, the Indian River Preserve. Uh, before that, it was Walkabout. So uh, we were there, you know, right, right at the opening of that golf club, which was a um, great experience. You know, it's a PB die design, and that. That was a bear. It was like that. That was a a golf course that uh, required a lot of attention, but it was beautiful when you had it, you know, where it needed to be. So, anyways, yeah. So, Brand Line kind of got together, and he said, "I don't know if you're going to want this one," <laughs> you know. And he's like, you're, "Before you give me an answer, you need to to come out here and look at this thing." And I was like, "All right," but I already knew. I was like, "This is this is going to be the one," you know. It was like it was. You know, Brant was there, and I was like, we can, we have good energy together. So I, I knew we could make it work. I was still kind of in my yoga realm, you know, so I showed up with a long hair and a ponytail. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he was like, well, let's go take a peek. So we did, and, you know, it's it was just all normal stuff. It was just years and years of just neglect or maybe not enough money or, you know, this or that and not the equipment, you know, 
Um, it was an old club, so the irrigation is 40 years old, and um, we're still patching it, you know. And when I got there, they didn't even have power to the front nine. So the assistant was kind of just, her whole day was taken up by hand-watering the front nine. It was pretty crazy. So that's kind of how I ended up there, just got the wheels turning in my head to get back into the industry. And then, you know, I wanted a project, I guess, you know, so it's, that's what I meant by like jumping onto a golf course that really was like a cruise control style. You know, it was this golf course needed some, some help. And I'm, I like to be hands-on. So I like to be out in the field. I want to, I want to be on the tractor, (laughs) you know, so that's pretty much how I got here. And you are part of, a really, really interesting and incredible team at Lasita. There's there's Brent Craddock, who you mentioned, who's the director of golf, who's just been uh, pro in Florida for seemingly ever. I know he's he's got a few years on you, and yeah. he's probably got about a decade left, he says, in the industry. You've got Justin Bells, whose unofficial title is the coordinator of everything. You've got an owner who was dispatched by the bank to shut down the course, and she winds up buying it, Vivian Diamond. And, and and yourself obviously just a, a really colorful great cast of characters and a lot of that is outlined in the May issue uh, Space Coast Saviors but during your years away before you came back to the industry and before you started at Lasita almost two years ago now you took a sabbatical like some folks do and, and we we referenced the the itch that you got but you were right. teaching yoga for pretty much six years and also yeah. obviously finding waves off the uh, off the space coast of Florida. Yes, yeah, yeah. At that time, I, I walked away from Turnbull Bay in 2012, and at the time, uh, my girlfriend Lisa, uh, she had opened the yoga studio. She had already been operating a yoga studio on the beach side, and she decided to move to the mainland and open a, um, a yoga studio there. So I was, that's kind of when I got involved and, um, we moved the studio and I remember coming, I came home that my last day and I said, well, I'm done at Turnbull. <laughs> she just looked at me and she was like, so you don't have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, no. And she's like, well, we can do yoga and go surfing. And I was like, yeah, we can totally do that. So we kind of like, you know, I didn't really expect to do that at all, you know, um, but I kind of fell into it and I was like, yeah, we have a, we have a business right here, you know, and at the time I had, I had bought a house, you know, I had a house and all that, you know, I had I mean, the whole nine yards, you know, when you're working and doing that, but I ended up uh, getting rid of my house and we, uh, our yoga studio actually had like a house attached to it. So it was like a, it was like a commercial residential property. So it was really cool. Like, so we lived where we worked, you know, and I'd get up and I see, I would drink some coffee. And then my first yoga class was at nine thirty, and I had to learn yoga, you know, like while I was at Turnbull Bay, I was, you know, taking yoga. Cause obviously Lisa was, you know, she had a studio beachside and was teaching every day. So I started learning yoga, and then she does teacher training. You know, she trains yoga students to become teachers. So I went through the training and uh, did all that. And, uh, yeah, so if I wasn't teaching the 930 class, I was 
I was driving up to the inlet, New Smyrna Beach Inlet, you know, searching for waves and, and doing that. So that was pretty much my day. You know, I get out, drink coffee, teach yoga, or go surf. And sometimes I would surf and then come home, and I would I would be teaching like the eleven o'clock class, you know. So it was it was pretty cool. And then we also we got into doing some uh, paddleboard tours, like right there on the river. So you know that was pretty fun too. We had bought an old uh, bought an old pickup truck, which I still have, you know, and I use it at the golf course now, which is kind of cool. My mom kind of nicknamed my truck the Mule. I don't know. It was funny. So we, I still got the Mule. You know, we ride it around Lafita all the time, and it's been a good. It's got three hundred and seven thousand miles on it. It was. It was. It's a. It's a great fit. It's a. It's a good surf truck, and now it's on the course. Yeah. So teaching yoga was. Um, it was kind of like it was. It kind of fit into my lifestyle because I did like. I studied martial arts. Okay. Taekwondo from the time I was about eight years old to about 18. So a lot of some of the movements and, you know, things like that kind of coincide with yoga and with surfing, snowboarding and skating and mountain biking. We, we did a lot of stuff and golfing. We were pretty agile, you know, like I say we, my crew, because there was kind of like there's about four of us that hung together all the time. Like we would be in the surf together or we'd be mountain biking together because we all moved from Maryland. So when we, when we were in Maryland, we did a lot of skateboarding, snowboarding and mountain biking. We did surf, but we lived, I guess we lived probably like two and a half hours away from the beach. So if there was going to be a swell happening, we would all, you know, we would meet up about two o'clock in the morning and, and take off. (laughs) And drive to the drive to the beach, you know, and be there when the sun popped out, and we'd surf. So surfing was um, it was an event, you know. When you're but, that um, far, sure. Oh yeah, you're, I can remember. Uh, you know, we would we would drive for two and a half, three hours, and then we would get somewhere and and we would sleep in our truck if we were there early, you know. So it was pretty fun. Those were those were fun days, but. You know, like it just—I uh, kind of fit right into yoga. So, and it was great because it taught me other things that, you know, like I was aware of, like like breathing, you know, breathing and and meditating. You know, like we ha- we all have to find, you know, that quiet time to, you know, get our get our thoughts organized and and uh, step away from all that outside stresses. You know, so I think it's great, and I think. It, and not just that, but we were, I felt good because we were helping people, you know, like helping people heal because we had a lot of people that were like coming out of physical therapy, post-PT uh, patients. They would come and continue their their healing in yoga. A lot of people were, you know, fighting things that like we had some people fighting uh, addiction we had people fighting like lupus all kinds of medical conditions you know so it was great I, I loved helping all of our people there so it was um it was a great sabbatical I guess you could say you know I still I still think about it all the time I'm like uh you know it's like maybe one day I'll get back to that you know <laughs> well I mean you're not that but, far from it now you were teaching the yeah. the 930 class or the eleven o'clock class, eleven o'clock class, maybe what one or two other classes a day, or was it just that one? 
Um, usually we had about four classes a day that okay. Lisa and I would teach. Yeah, we we did aerial yoga. So aerial yoga is like um, they call it like a um, a kite, or you know it's it's a it's basically like our trapeze. You see people in that, and we can flip you upside down, and you can invert. So it helps um, elongate the spine. You know, create space and um, alleviate tension nerves and things like that. So that that was a great class, and it, we would teach. So the morning class would be like like a regular yoga class, like how we call it hatha, okay. hatha yoga. Yeah, like the the the, the style. Like we we kind of followed anasara yoga, and it's just a type of yoga. It's kind of like kind of like karate. You know, you got taekwondo or you got this or that. There's a couple of different types of yoga styles, and we taught anasara. And then we mixed it up with some other things. So, like, when you mix up all these different um, styles, they call it hatha, hatha yoga. So we would, we, we taught a lot of hatha yoga. Um, but, yeah, and then we would mix it up with the aerial yoga. And then since we live so close to the beach, like, every full moon, we would do, like, a, a full moon yoga on the beach and have a campfire. So it was fun, you know. It was good for the community. We probably taught probably five free classes a month for the community where anyone could come, you know? That's awesome. So it was, yeah, it was a great thing. And you meet a lot of great people. I mean, we we met people like uh, one guy's son was playing in a band that was on OzFest, you know what I mean? And then we met, you know, guys that were flying planes around the world and, you just, and people just traveling because – like New Smyrna Beach is near Daytona Beach, so we get a lot of tourists, you know, a lot of snowbirds and things like that. So you get a lot of people coming through. It, it was really fun. It was a great time. And definitely want to circle back to working with folks coming from physical therapy or working through various uh, illnesses. Circle back to that in just a minute. But when you got into yoga, how how did that happen in the first place? Was that through Lisa, or or what's the story and how you kind of fell down the yoga rabbit hole in the first place, Jason? Yeah, that's a, that's a good story. So my brother, my brother Dustin, he's uh, he. There's three boys in our family, and Dustin is the the middle, you know, the middle child. So I'm the oldest, and then there's Dustin, and then there's Todd, and uh, Dustin is. Uh, He's like, he's like me, you know, he's like, he's agile, you know, Dustin's like ready to do backflips off the sand dunes and stuff like that. So he's, he's athletic, you know, and he surfs and skates and kind of followed, followed me a lot. Well, one day he was like, calls me up and he's like, Hey, he's like, uh, I'm going to be going to this yoga class. I think you really should go. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I want you to meet this girl, (laughs) which was Lisa. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I was like, all right. And I'm like, yoga? I'm like, all right, well, yeah, let's go, you know. So, like, I go to yoga class, and then there's Lisa. And I was like, holy crap. I'm like, and this this girl is like, I mean, she, she was so strong. She still is. You know, I was, like, looking at her, and she's, like, doing all these postures. And we're doing these postures, you know, and we're holding them for three minutes while doing breath work. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to I'm gonna fall down, you know. <laughs> and, uh. So that was my first thing. My brother's like, "You come to yoga, and I think you should meet this girl." <laughs> so that's kind of how it—that's kind of how it happened. 
were you in golf at the time? I was. I was okay. at Turnbull Bay. Okay. Yep. So that was probably uh, 2000, maybe the end of 2009 that that happened. And then um, or early 2010-ish because I went to that yoga class and I met Lisa and we did some yoga. And then, and then I just got busy and I didn't really go back. You know what I mean? I was like, I was busy. I was doing some other stuff. And um, Turnbull was... We had already pretty much done all the renos, so I was kind of finished, kind of wrapping it up, you know, like just kind of taking a breather at that point. It was, things were pretty smooth. So I was just doing other things, surfing. And then about a year later, my brother's like, hey, you want to go back to yoga? And I was like, yeah, let's go back to yoga. So we went back to yoga again, and then I, I saw Lisa again, and then we hung out, I think it was for like Memorial Day weekend, and then it, we've been together ever since. <laughs> so it's been, I think we've been together like uh, like 10 years now. So but you, you had only been, like when you left uh, Turnbull Bay and you got into teaching yoga, it's not like you had been some lifetime yogi. You'd been in this I for basically two years at that point, two, two years really. Yeah, like pretty much. Yeah, like I, um, so I started doing yoga with Lisa, you know, like, I just needed something, you know, because, like, superintendents are stressed out. Mm -hmm. They are. I mean, a lot of superintendents, you know, um, we're at the course so much, and then a lot of us, you know, we f start forgetting about diet, you know, or, or drinking beers, and, and uh, yeah, you start you, you start gaining some weight and maybe <laughs> going, you know, going down the bad road or something, you know, and, I was there. I was, you know, I was a stressed out superintendent. And my diet probably wasn't too good. And, you know, I drank beers. And so this was like a new lifestyle. You know, I was like, wow, you know, and Lisa was super healthy. She didn't drink and smoke. And I, was, I, that was one of the things that I really liked about her. And she was into fitness. And I, you know, because I had been in fitness, I was a gym rat, like, you know, back through college and stuff. And even after college, you know, we were at the gym a lot. So it was it was nice. So I I kind of like started switching my lifestyle around, and started eating better and feeling better. And I you know I think those two years, like from 2010 to 2012, I started I I was like a sponge with learning yoga and like getting more healthy. And then so the transition wasn't too bad. So by 2012, it was like May of 2012 is when I I I walked away from golf. And I walked into the yoga studio, you know, and, um, but yeah, so I, I had already been there and been practicing, but you know, when you're, when you're, it's different when you're just in a class or you're teaching a class, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? That's different, you know? And I remember the first time I actually taught a class, I was like, Lisa, um, Lisa has, uh, a son and a daughter, uh, from a previous marriage. So like one morning she was like, I have to, I have to go and help, you know, one of the kids this morning, but I have, I have a nine thirty class and it was like Saturday and that Saturday classes were huge, you know, Saturday morning, everybody's ready to come to yoga class. And I was like, and she was like, can you teach it for me? And I'm thinking, Oh my God. I'm like, you want me to teach class? And this is <laughs> you know the first I mean? one. Is she's throwing you into the deep end of the Saturday class. Yeah. She's like just throwing me into the deep end, man. And I was like, 
you know what? Yeah, I'll do it. This, I'm just going to do it. And, like, a lot of teachers um, have their classes planned out. You know, they write them all down. And sometimes they'll even have their notes, you know, near, you know, right beside them on the mat or something. We didn't teach that way. We we just went with what we felt, and we would build the class to who was there. You know, because sometimes you might have a person that been coming to class and they're super fit and they're ready to roll, and then you might have some people come in to where it's like, okay, this guy just had knee surgery six months ago, or this person's you know fighting a uh, a back problem. So you got to kind of build your class to who's there, and then you got to use techniques to where like use a block or use the wall or something like that for some people. But so I kind of just, I went in there and jumped in, you know, just jumped in head first and taught class. And I think I was so nervous that I did every posture I could think of. And I just, I think I beat them up (laughs) at the end of the class. Everybody was pooped, you know, how long was that first class? Was that an hour or 90 minutes or. Yeah. Usually it's about an hour and a half. Okay. So yeah. Yep. It's a pretty yeah, intense I, first class to teach. It was, yeah, it was. And um, and a lot of the, like, we had other teachers that taught for us at the yoga studio. But, you know, like, Lisa was the main, she's the main teacher, you know. She was, she's the guru, you know. So if a lot of people would only come to her class, you know what I mean? And um, so when they showed up, and here I am, you know, they're like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm I'm teaching today. I'm subbing, and they're like, "Oh, okay." But it turned out really well, and everybody was really receptive to me. So yeah, I kind of like rolled right in, and I fit right in. And then uh, Lisa and I started doing like uh, classes together, like where you know, like she would be teaching, and I'd be walking around helping people, and then she would switch off and start helping people, and I would teach. So we would kind of switch it back and forth, and then. People really liked that, and, you know, they liked the, the male-female energy in the room, and uh, it started to work out really well, and we kind of got, you know, we kind of got known for it, you know, because there wasn't a lot of team teaching going on with the, with a male-female, so uh, it really worked out well, and, you know, like, I had, Lisa and I, we, we just feed off each other, and it just it was super smooth, like, our transitions were super smooth, and you know, there wasn't a lot of blips or anything, so it really it really worked out well. So this is your life for for six years, give or take mm-hmm. uh, a couple months here or there. I think actually a little more than six years. Yeah. And when we hung out for most of a day at Lasita earlier this year, you had mentioned that you took away and and you mentioned this earlier. You mentioned um, breathing is key. You still use the breathing Breathe. techniques. You still use the patience because you need patience in this industry. And obviously yeah. the flexibility, but what else yeah. did you pick up during those six years, just from from teaching every day that you've applied to life, and that maybe that you've applied to work on on the golf course now again? Yeah, you know, yoga yoga teaches you a lot about compassion and and feeling for others. You know, so that really helps out at the course. You know, like like your crew, like. You know, I got 10 guys and girls that are working with me every day, and not all of them are going to be happy every day. You know what I mean? And everybody has their own individual life going on. 
so having compassion towards my people and understanding them as people and what's going on and it it just helps it helps me it helps them get through the day and get through whatever it is that they may be dealing with because people you know like you might come in one day and just say you know say say bill is having a problem and he his 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 mood is off or something well he's going through something maybe you know what i mean so you gotta you gotta feel for him and you gotta talk to him so i think it's it's about that breathing (laughs) it's good to breathe you know it it helps relax the body it helps relax the mind when you start getting up tight you know that's when things can get blown out of proportion or uh, you just stress yourself out too much and you get burnt out, you know, so it it helps get you away from all the the craziness that goes on with running a golf course. You know, it's it's every day. It's it's something every day. You know, yesterday I went in and my hydraulic pump was blown out and then I'm fixing that and then the, one of the guys went to turn the hose on and ripped the whole ripped the whole pipe off the side of the building and i was like oh my god i was just like you know so you know here i was i was out getting parts for that and then deb calls me and she deb's my assistant she's been at lafita since 1995 right so deb i call deb the walking as built you know so she was like, I didn't want to call you, you know. She's like, but I had to, you know, and tell me that, you know, I'm getting parts for the hydraulic pump. Oh, yeah, James just ripped the whole pipe off the building. <laughs> so we got to fix that now, too. I was like, oh, you lose to anything, you know. But uh, meditation, you know, is a big part of breath work, you know, just breathing. There's there's a, I don't know if you ever heard of the vagus nerve, right? Yes. The vagus, the vagus nerve, yeah, so it's. It, it it is um involved with the parasympathetic responses of the body and you know things like that so when you start to relax the vagus nerve it you know it calms the whole body down so that you know that's what it's about you know it's a release you know it's letting out that breath so it it's imperative i try to teach my my guys and my girls this at, at the course you know it would it would be nice. I even I even said I said I think we should all start doing yoga in the morning before we go out for first job. You know, get everybody you know tuned in. So, I mean, but, we've come across courses where they're they have uh, started to do stretching at, at, yeah. the, at the start of the day at five o'clock, and and I cannot remember for yeah. the life of me which ones it was they were. So I don't want to name anybody erroneously, but I know I've talked with superintendents right. who've kind of implemented. Even just a little yeah. stretching, and this is right in that vein. Oh yeah, it, and it's 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 so true. It really is. Like I'm as soon as I got to Lasita, like um, a lot of people on the golf course or like on the maintenance crews, you know, they, there's they smoke, they smoke cigarettes, and and you know some courses probably don't allow it. Maybe I don't know, but you know I was just like I started I started getting on everybody I'm like come on we got to get you guys going get you off these we call them heaters smoking heaters you know smoking cigs so I've been trying to implement you know just you plant the seed that's what you know Lisa would tell you know if you if you plant the seed and you keep you know keep watering it eventually it's going to sprout so that's what I've been doing with some of the crew members you know about smoking or exercising like 
during the quarantine stuff, I was like, I'm going to start doing push-ups every day. <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to go run the bridge. We got this the bridge over in Titusville going over to the 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 space center, the Max Brewer. So we've been Lisa and I've been trying to do that every day now. And I'm not a runner by any means. I didn't like put me on a mountain bike and I'll go for 2 hours, you know, but put me on a surfboard, I'll paddle for 2 3 hours in the water, but running, I was like, uh I was like, man, I'm I'm not a runner, but I I have become a runner lately. <laughs> once I once I got through the shin splints, you know, that's what kills you. It's always the joints. I'm uh, I'm, I'm back in about six months and doing really well uh, into the mid 30s miles per week. Mm. But uh, mm. the the only reason I I still have decent knees and and my hips haven't popped out is that I haven't run con- constantly for the last you know 22 years or whatever. You know, it, right. if, if you do, it's just the, the grinding of the pavement will, will wear on you, unlike yoga uh, or surfing or mountain biking. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't have a problem, like, running in the sand. You know, if we go yeah. to the beach, I can I can run for a while. It's, I guess, you know, it's a lower impact, you know, as far as running on pavement or concrete. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's about the shoes, you know. And if you don't have good running shoes, man, I tell you, you'll pay for it. You know, like as I as I'm getting older, you know, I'm 45 now. So growing up, and spending a lot of time at the beach and stuff, you know, we we wear flip flops. You know, that's like the staple. You know, you wear flops, board shorts. But I tell you, as I've gotten older, the flip flops just don't serve me well. I can't wear them all the time anymore. You know, my ankles take a beating. You know, I'm like, ugh. So a little bit more support as we get older. I tell you, you know, it's. I think it was a Steve Miller band song. If you if you keep on dancing, you never grow old. Have you ever heard that that line in that song? <laughs> yep. And it's true, you know. So yeah. if you keep if you keep moving, you, that's what all the old school guys and girls tell me. You know, you just got to keep moving. You got to keep. If you don't keep moving, you're. That's when we. Uh, that's when we start going downhill. So, I just that you know through my forties. During during my early forties, I still felt great. <laughs> I was like, you know, if I if I look at a picture of me when I was forty, forty one, forty two, you know, I was like, oh, you know, but like, you know, like as I'm hitting forty five, I'm like, oh, my shoulders hurting today again, you know, or you know, when I paddle out, you get you just get little ailments, you know, you get things, maybe old injuries coming back to haunt. That's why you gotta keep doing yoga every day if you don't you know your joints start to get tight and they start to hurt again you know but you were 43 when you came back into the industry so like how much of that you know saying you felt great still at 40 or 41 how much of that was just oh you were teaching yoga for two or three hours a day and you were i was paddling for an hour or two a day yeah yeah my life was my lifestyle was all fitness and health so i felt great I mean, it does. That didn't mean that I didn't, you know, still fight injuries because I had, uh, I had a lot of, like, shoulder problems. The last time I dislocated my shoulders a lot when I was younger. We, you know, playing some lacrosse and we played on a beach volleyball league up north, the swim clubs, every summer. I had two man teams, and I, I must have thrown my shoulder out. I don't know how many times doing that. The last time I threw it out was I was surfing a, a hurricane swell, and we were up at the inlet. I was with a with a buddy of mine, Scott, 
he was a guy that like I surfed probably every hurricane swell with that guy for like 17 years you know he, he was like if I was in the water he was in the water and then we had a couple other guys we were with but we were me and him were always together well I I, I took off on a wave and the lip threw over and just, just caught my arm you know and it pulled it out of socket and so there you are in a hurricane swell you know going over the falls with a dislocated shoulder <laughs> One good arm you know one good arm, yeah. So, you know, you get get back on your board, and I got back to my board and, you know, readjusted my shoulder. You know, the guy, I've been to the chiropractor so many times for it. He shows, he's like, all right, if this ever happens, do this, and it'll reset your shoulder. So I did that, went back in. So then I, you know, I went to, you know, redirect my board and start heading towards the beach, my, and then it went out again. And that time it wouldn't, I couldn't get it to go back in, so I was like, oh, dude. My buddy Scott saw what was going on and piled over, and he was like, let's just go to shore. And that was the last time I dislocated my shoulder because right about, mm, I would say, like a year later, that's when I started doing yoga every day. And then I didn't, I did not, I have not dislocated my shoulder since. So it does work, you know. Learning how to stabilize the joints through, you know, isometric tone and yoga and, and and all that you know it really does work you know you just got to do it there's a there's that saying that if, if it was easy everybody would do it right sometimes you just got to power through it i don't know what percentage of superintendents or maintenance folks in the industry participate in yoga on any regular basis but for our state of the industry survey which was part of the january issue we asked a couple of fitness questions, fitness and health, and mm-hmm. one of them was weekly time devoted to fitness. And looking back at some of the results when they came in, we thought, well, maybe they didn't count the time that they were walking around the course. Because walking around the course counts. Uh, but yeah. 19%, and this is, I think, around 600 or so respondents, so a fairly good sample size. 19% right. of people said none. No time devoted to fitness at all during the course of a week. 36% wow. said less than two hours for a week. Right. 33% said between two and five hours. 12% said more than five hours. And the average was two right. and a half hours a week. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, yeah, you really got to be doing something every day. I mean, usually, like, Lisa and I, like, you know, if you do one yoga class, that's an, that's an hour and a half mm-hmm. right there. And then if you go walking, you know, we walk every day or run. Sometimes we, we'll switch it up, you know, walk. Walk for like when you're going over the bridge, they got the big light pole. So I hate running uphill, but I'll I'll walk up like walk to the next pole and then I'll run to the next pole. Run, you know, walk, run, do stuff like that to mix it up. You have to exercise every day. At least if you can't do anything, you should at least try to get out and walk two miles a day. Mm-hmm. That's what we told people in yoga. We're like two miles a day. You know, that's really got to at least do that. Yeah, thirty you know? thirty to forty minutes a day. That's all it is. Yeah. And yeah, and and I mean yeah, walking around the course, it 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 counts for something. But you really need something to where I mean you're a runner, so you you really need to get that heart rate up and keep it up. You know what I mean? So like if you're walking two miles, you want to try to keep a good pace. You know, so the the heart's pumping and the you know you you get your body circulating. You know, so I mean like I 
when we do fertilizer, you know, you, you go and heave, you know, 50 bags of fertilizer and you're running around doing all that, but then you come home and you're pooped, but I still go and do yoga and, and walk because it's, you just got to, you know, if you, if you slack up, it's just like, just like a golf course. If you don't take care of it for two years, you know what happens, man. It's going to take you three years, four years to get it back, you know, so the same with your body. You know, the, like the body kind of coincides, you know, agronomics kind of, you know, it's, it's all minerals and energy and it's all, it's all science, <laughs> you know? So it, it kind of, if you don't take care of it, it will deteriorate. That's for sure. Your body, your car, your golf course. Yep. Funny, yep. funny that you, you mentioned <laughs> a golf course that's been neglected for two years, which is basically what you walked into two years ago. Yeah, this course was uh, it was neglected for a long time. Yeah. It was they, you know, like when I talked to, there's been guys that have been at this golf course for, you know, fifteen years. Like Ryan at the at the front at the pro shop, he's been there like since the early '90s as well. You know, and he's like, this course was neglected probably eight nine years. So they were mowing the fairways with a zero turn because the goose grass was knee high. I mean, imagine that. So that that course was really on the verge of shutdown, which is sad if it would have shut down because we've had one, we've had two two other courses in town that have shut down. We're the only course like in the heart of Titusville really now. Right there was Royal Oak, which was a big big uh, hub for. Uh, was it the it Canadian, was. Canadian, Canadian folks really yeah. in the off season? Yeah, it was like a Canadian BGA yeah. course. Yeah, it was it was really something back in the day. And then we had uh, Sherwood. Okay. Sherwood just shut down this past year, which is sad too. You know, it's the economy here. Is, there's just not there's just not enough people playing golf to support all those courses. You know, we got the great outdoors, and that's over towards. Um, the interstate and it's like um you know like it's like an rv kind of manufactured community and it's huge and they almost support they they pretty much support their own course you know what i mean they don't really even need outside play and then you got the walkabout which is north titusville it's actually in mims so and it's it's way it's you know it's from my course it's probably 15 minutes away so we're all spread out now, and I think I think that's a good it's a good ratio, you know. So it's just um, getting Lucita back to back to a good playing condition and, and being consistent with it, you know. And this, Central Florida is a hard you if you talk to superintendents in Central Florida, it, we have some crazy weather through here. It gets tricky, <laughs> you know. Florida is tricky as it is because we're. Sure. Yeah, it's it's 365 days a year, and you don't get a break. You know, we just jam all year round. Bugs, everything, fungus, disease, you name it. We're we're battling it. So, getting away from the courses um, is is key, and I think that was part of the problem. Like when um, when I was at Turnbull, and we were bringing that golf course back. I was so involved in what was going on i didn't take a lot of time for myself except surfing you know that was my only out you know and you know like we took some trips to costa rica 
but I, I should have taken more time daily instead of just here and there, you know. Like I, I remember at Turnbull, there was years where I didn't I didn't take a vacation, but if there was a hurricane swell coming, you know, the general manager and the owners, you know, it was a it was a privately owned club too. They knew me really well. I was actually the assistant superintendent at Turnbull Bay before I was the superintendent. I I ended up leaving Turnbull Bay and went to Walkabout and was the superintendent at Walkabout and then went back to Turnbull Bay later as the superintendent. So they I was I was probably at Turnbull Bay almost ten probably almost ten years really in in, in total years. But they knew they knew I was an avid surfer, so they knew if a hurricane swell was coming, they were like, "Okay, well, Jason's probably not going to be here, <laughs> you know, at least for a half a day." You got to go when it's good, you know. Mother Nature is kind of like, you know, you got to. It's kind of like snowboarding or something, you know. You got to get the fresh powder when it happens. And here uh, we are I've, talking for forty-five minutes, and we focus so much on yoga, we hardly even got to the the surfing aspect. We mentioned it. You mentioned it a few times, right? but yeah. Surfing, um, yeah, this, I started surfing probably back in, I mean, gosh, my grandfather was a Chesapeake Bay pilot, and uh, so he was up and down the bay in Maryland all the time, and, you know, he had friends that had houses at the beach over on the eastern shore, and we used to go there, so, I mean, I've been in the water since I can remember, and probably started surfing, like, first surfboard kind of stuff, God, I don't know, it's probably, like, 10, wow. you know? So, and the board that we were carrying out then probably weighed, you know, three times our weight. It took two of us to carry the board out <laughs> from under the beach house, you know. But we 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 got really heavily into surfing in the 90s. And then um, it's progressed, you know. Like, we've, we've done some trips, Costa Rica and stuff, and um, surfed up and down the East Coast for sure. Um but yeah, I I started out learning on a longboard like everybody else, and then I went to shortboards and I surfed shortboards for years. And then one day I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get another longboard. So then I got another longboard, and you know I've been longboarding for quite a few years now. And um, I take the I'll take I I like I like surfing longboard and overhead waves. You know, I'll go out in hurricane swell on a longboard. I don't I don't mind. It's a lot of people can't control or are able to paddle longboards out in big waves, but man, it's it's pretty cool when you do. Um, it's like a feeling you never feel, you know. That's what keeps driving you back out there in the water. But I still switch it up. I try to get out on my shortboard, you know, because you can take those techniques and you can take one to the other, you know. It kind of helps you out. So and it keeps it new. You know, I'm always looking for a new board to try out, you know. But I, I have my old trusty, you know, I've been surfing one board. I've had it since 2008, and I still got it. <laughs> and it's been like, that board's been with me for a long time. So you find equipment that you like, and, you know, you got to keep that one around. It's like Even when it's done, I'm going to hang it on the wall. Running shoes, you got to update. And replace after about four or five hundred miles boards you can keep yep. for a lot more than yeah that. yeah you can if you take care of them they'll they'll last and, you know the guys out there that you can fix them yourself or you can take them and have them professionally done you know 
if you know how to do it yourself, it'll save you some money, that's for sure. But I don't want to, you know, like, let's see, I had my board, I took, it's funny, I had this board totally redone probably three or four years ago. And, you know, you pay you pay money to get it done. And I went out, remember Hurricane Irma came through yep. and uh, paddled out. We were in Bethune Beach and it was way overhead. And like probably second or third wave, it was just a big closeout, went over the falls and my board hit the sandbar and split the nose open again. <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, I just got it out of the shop. So it happens, you know. We were surfing one time out in, um, we were in New Smyrna Beach, and I was on like an eight-foot board. I forget, it was a hurricane swell, and we'd been out there about three hours. And, um, you know, it was getting, we were starting to get to the point where we're like, all right, it's time to go in. Well, here comes a set, and I, was, I took off, dropped in, and the bottom fell out of this wave, and I just went straight into the pit, and... um while you're in the white water getting thrown away around, you can feel your leash, you know, your leash start to stretch. So my leash started stretching and all of a sudden it got to the point where it was totally stretched out. And then all of a sudden it was like, I felt it break. So there was no resistance on my leg anymore. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, it's like, okay, I lost my board and I'm out here. So I get, I, I, I you know, get back up to the surface and I'm like, here comes another wave go under that and then it kind of went calm and I kind of swam to the outside because it's it's calmer out there that was a big day you know and I was like oh dude but I was I was super lucky I was I was surfing near the guard tower and they were out there and and, and New Smyrna Beach is they're pretty good they got jet skis running around like you see you know on tv and stuff and um I was like I guess I'm gonna have to swim in you know I was like I'm like drowned here today <laughs> what I was thinking you know I was like this isn't good so um I was super lucky though because a guy that uh, had just taken a wave and like he saw what was going on and he he was out at the he was already on the sand and ran out and told the guard tower that I was out there with no board and I mean it was it was you know it was an eight to ten foot day easy you know during a hurricane swell and um, so I'm sitting there treading water, and I'm like, well, I can only tread water for so long before I really, you know, I'm going to start getting tired. So I was like, I'm just going to swim for it. So I took off, and I started. I made it into the first strike zone, and um, I was, I got rolled around a little bit. And next thing I know, I heard the jet ski, and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because when I got, you know, on the jet ski, they got this thing, you grab it. And it's like a sled, you know. You're laying on your belly, and they're just they're hauling butt towards the towards the beach. And um, so they run with the they run with the wave, and when the wave builds up, they kind of turn sideways and let the wave dump over, and then they run the white water. You know what I mean? To get back in, and it's like I was I was like, man, this is almost scarier than just trying to swim in. But they got me in, and I you know I lived to tell about it, so that's a good thing. But you always have those scares, you know, if you're going to be out in the water. I mean, you know, I remember getting washed towards the rocks in Costa Rica one time, and it was super scary. You know, and when you're out in remote places like that, there's no one's going to come get you except your buddies if they can get to you, you know. This makes problems on the golf course look 
almost tame yeah. by comparison. Yeah, we were at, we we went to the we were in Costa Rica and and um it was like the day before we were leaving and um we were we were going to we were surfing this place it was called Little Fiji and I cut my foot wide open on a reef reef rock you know and I was like oh dag on it you know and so like. I get back to shore and it's like right on the ball of your, on the ball of my foot sliced like between my big toe and my second toe down towards going towards my arch. It was a pretty big cut. So we get back and we drive into town, you know, and they don't have like, it's not like, you know, you can run down to the urgent care here, you know, in America, you know, you go to this little place and they got some stuff to stitch you up with and, you know, first aid kind of things in the hospitals in San Jose, which is, you know, three hours away. So they were like, yeah, we can stitch you up. And I'm like, all right, great. And um, they're like, but the only thing is, is we don't have anything to numb you with. My eyes are watering just listening to this and imagining you getting stitched up in the bottom of your foot. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like looking at my buddy and he's like, well, the next day, I gotta. We're going to San Jose. Then we're flying to Miami, and then you know what I mean. We're doing this whole trip, and I'm like, my foot's gushing. And I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna have to do it. So they gave me. A, they rolled up a towel, and they're like, here, bite on this. And one guy held my leg down, and the other guy stitched me. And it was just, oh, uh, I was, I was, I was full of sweat by the end of the by the time we were done. I was like, oh my god, it was that was like the craziest thing. I should have known because that trip started out. We, we we parked my truck in Miami. At, one of my buddies knew a guy that had a house near the airport, and when we got there, he had this this little remote control lawnmower out back, and he wanted to show my buddy. Well, when we get back there, the guy's got like two huge Rottweilers, and I like right when I saw him, I was like, oh okay. I'm like, ah, I'm gonna stay back, you know. I don't know these dogs, and they were huge. Well, come to find out when my buddy Jeff walked through the gate and he was back there, and those dogs grabbed him by the leg and bit four holes in his leg around his shin bone. Oh, wow. So that's how the trip started out, and I was like, yep, it's a good ending. <laughs> One guy gets bit in the leg, and then I slice my foot open. Okay, yeah. yeah, but it's all part of the adventure. Yeah. Well, I will leave you with this because I don't want to take up too much of your time. And uh, I know we've been talking for going on an hour here, which is one of the longer wow. off the courses. It hasn't felt like it. But um, right now. have you had any success getting anybody on the crew to surf with you? And along those same lines, have you had any success? I know you mentioned it earlier, getting anybody on the crew to do any yoga with you? Or have you been able to pitch Vivian, the course's new owner, on having yoga at the country club? So any of those scenarios? Yeah, it's actually a yes to all those. Really? Um, yeah, it, I've been in the water with Justin. Justin's a surfer. Okay. Um, so Justin's got a, a background of being a lifeguard as, as well as I do. And um, so he was a lifeguard up in New Jersey and grew up on the shore. So he, he does surf. We've been in the water here at the Space Coast together. So that's really cool. So it's, it's really nice to be able to 
step away from the golf course and get in the water and just have some fun. You know what I mean? And, um, and to remind folks real quick from the beginning of the episode, that's Justin Bells, who is unofficially the coordinator of everything. He does almost anything around the uh, uh-huh. around the club, but he also does oh, have yeah. a, a background in commercial uh, boating, and he was an underwater welder, I know, before he came to La Cita a couple of years ago. He, yes. Yeah, he's Justin's been great. You know, he started out at the um, at, at grounds with me, yeah. and um, and just you know, he's got he's got other skills that we could that we harnessed, and he knew he could do it. He knew he could do it, and he was he was really the one that paved his own way to go up to the clubhouse and start doing that. And he's done a great job, and it's he's a great asset to the whole team. Full of energy, you know, it's it's good. You know, I'm 45. He's 27. You know, so I'm like, God, I remember when I was 27, you know, <laughs> you know, all the all the energy and like drive, you know, and he's got that. And it's great because it, it keeps me going. You know, it's, it's cool because he'll he'll, he'll send me the surf report. <laughs> he's like, you know, he's like, hey, it's going to you know, it's going to be three to four and glassy tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, hey, you know, but yeah. And then as far as um, bringing yoga to La Cita, we, we have been in talks with Vivian about getting Lisa to start a program there. And then, um, you know, I can always jump in there as well. You know, I, it was funny because when, uh, when I first came to La Cita, like a lot of, you know, the women's league will go up and play up in New Smyrna and they know the ladies up there and the guys will go up and play up there. So, and people know me up there in New Smyrna. So when they went up there, they, uh, they started to find out that I was a yoga teacher and stuff. So they wanted me to teach yoga here. But, you know, it's a, it's a lot. Sometimes, you know, like Lisa and I talk about it, and I'm like, you know, I said, I, I know I could, you know, I'll be fine teaching yoga again, but with everything that's going on mm-hmm. with the golf course, sometimes I just want to come and take class. You know, I don't, I don't want to be the teacher. <laughs> I just want to come and, and do yoga, you know, because everything going on at the course. But, yeah, and, and with the crew, you know, like I, I try to implement some stuff like, uh, one of my assistants, Mark, he's kind of like the guy. Like, if we're going to go air, walk Airify Greens, he's going to be the one I'm, I'm, I got with me, you know. And I'm, I'm like, let's do some stretching, you know. We'll do some forward bends. And it, it's good because I can fill people's ears with just information. You know, it's all information. And then whatever you want to um, take, you know, to the information provided, that's, that's up to you. We're going to provide it. That's what we used to tell people. Because we would be in yoga class, and if we started talking about smoking or drinking, a lot of people get a little, you know, some people get a little, little upset when you start to tell them, hey, you can't be drinking alcohol and smoking cigarettes every day, you know, and all this. And, you know, people have their habits, and they know, you know, they're creatures of habit. So when you start telling them they need to change some things, they don't like it, you know. So, But it's just information. We provide it, and whatever you do with it. It's up to you, you know. I've seen a guy, we had two brothers come into our yoga studio, and one of them, he was a chef. And the other gentleman was a husband of a lady that was a member at our studio, and they were in bad shape. You know, they were they were really, they were big guys to begin with, but, I mean, this guy weighed way too much. He needed to lose almost 200 pounds, you know what I mean? And uh, he drank and he smoked and he didn't exercise and he, his knee was hurting. And I remember him sitting on the floor and 
and uh, my girlfriend Lisa weighs, you know, she's like five three and weighs, you know, like 103 pounds, and this guy's huge, and Lisa's standing there going, "You need to get up. You need to start." doing yoga and you you know and he was holding his knee and he was looking at her shaking his head no and that guy died like not too long after that maybe three to six months afterwards he just didn't change Hmm. we provided the information and he wouldn't do it and he ended up having a heart attack sitting in his chair Hmm. and then his brother the one that was with him was in class almost every day after that you know what i mean and it's like you got to take care of yourself uh, and superintendents uh, we i don't think a lot of people don't really understand what we do you know there's more than just um growing the grass there's so much other things that go along with it you know and people don't realize the exposures as well you know we have a lot of chemical exposure you know, we got a lot of exposure to um, elements outside, sun, you know. So it's just we got to take care of ourselves outside the golf course and on the golf course. I tell you what, I, surfing and yoga, I, I, I say it all the time, it, 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 probably, it probably saved my life, really. You know, keep me moving, keep me, um, keep my head on straight and keep focused on you know, myself, and a lot of times we, we we forget, you know, we even forget about, you know, our loved ones or our family, you know, and I know superintendents are stressed out, so a lot of times we bring it home, you know, we can bring it home, and separating yourself is definitely something we have to do, so it's it's good to get into something, for sure. Good advice. Yeah. Well, Jason, thank you so much for coming on, and diving into really the last six years but really more just your life in general yeah uh i hope people can take a lot away from this one this was a a really really good conversation and uh and thanks for coming on thank you for having me i enjoyed it a lot thanks again to jason gross superintendent at lasita country club in titusville florida to our sponsor aqua aid solutions and to all of you for listening to off the course and the superintendent radio network We'll be back next week with the fourth and fifth episodes of Guy's audio travelogue of his unplanned cross-country drive in the early days of this COVID-19 pandemic lockdown. Until then, I'm Matt Lowell, Managing Editor of Golf Course Industry Magazine. Be safe. Be kind. I'll see you all in 167 hours or less.